Hello everyone, and welcome to the show where things aren't going quite as fergaliciously as we'd hoped. My name is Christy. And my name is Illumiday. And this is the Big Empty Purse Podcast. The rich people that you will eventually go to work for are loaning your money to learn the skills that's going to benefit them. Like the whole thing just, mm, can we move on from this topic before I fucking have an aneurysm? So, Illumide, what have you been up to since the last episode? This computer better not install a fucking update right now. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> what have I been up to? I've been on holiday. I was in India. Hmm. Special thanks to the friend who showed me a good time. It, it reminds me very much of my hometown, except slightly more organized. <laughs> and you know what's impressive? Like, every time I, every time I go to someplace that's not the US, I'm so impressed by how well people operate automobiles <laughs> i don't know if that makes sense some people yeah. fundamentally know how to operate a vehicle people in the u.s <laughs> don't know how to operate the vehicle they're just trying very hard to avoid obstacles while trying to obey street laws like they don't they're not driving they're just trying to miss obstacles and focusing on the street. i don't know if that makes sense mm. Like over so. there, people drive differently they honk in, when they mean to like are the equivalent of us flashing our headlights to get to someone Almost like giving them permission to do something or just alerting them that you are in a specific place so they're aware of you. There they just beep, which is, I guess, more effective because, you know, you catch someone's attention, especially in broad daylight and stuff like that. They drive so close to each other. They don't obey the lines on the roads. And there's not a single crash that happens. Like cars mm. drive at like 40 miles per hour, whizzing past each other with only an inch of space. I'm not even exaggerating when I say an inch of space. Like Everybody's huh. moving across lines. Nobody's obeying any one specific lane. And they just don't hit each other and everything just moves somehow huh people who are walking like they know exactly what pace to walk to avoid these two cars the people who are riding the rickshaws the uh, the electric rickshaws or the the auto rickshaws they know exactly how fast to go to avoid pedestrians and other cars people are on motorcycles like women on motorcycles not women in terms of like you know the biker chick no this is somebody's mom just comfortably riding a motorbike <laughs> You know what I mean? Like somebody's mom with the, you yeah. know, the really pretty scarf, the nice dress, just perched on her motorcycle, just moving ahead. Everybody moves like nice. one unit. It's That shit huh. is so impressive to watch, I gotta say. The food was delicious. The people were nosy as fuck. Like <laughs> everywhere, if I checked into a hotel, they'd ask you, so you're staying alone? Yep. <laughs> like, first of all, one, that's none of your business. Shut the fuck up. Two, they just found it strange that anybody would travel by themselves. Mm -hmm. They're just like, wait, you're here by yourself? I'm like, yes, and? Anyway, I haven't consumed any content, as I'm sure you can imagine. I need to put some other activities in my life, yo. Anyway, how have you been since the last episode? I have been. <laughs> Capital B, been. Oh, man. I wish it were in a way that was interesting to describe. It's just been one of those, like, when it rains, it pours times. Uh, I... Where everything goes to shit all at once in every facet of my life. And even if it's not actually going to shit, it's just Feels overwhelming like in a way that I am not equipped to handle right now because of everything else going to shit. So like, sub-ideal. Sub-ideal. Things have been sub-ideal in my work and personal and everything. Your birthday just happened right around the corner. Happy belated. <laughs> you know where I'm you. going with this. You know where I'm going with this. You know your Saturn's return that didn't happen on schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be this? Could it be this? 
is it just a few seconds delayed? Maybe, maybe, maybe Saturn just like hung up, just like was like <laughs> like it like dug its little heels in, was like actually fake out. Like you thought you were done with your Saturn's return, but actually, <laughs> chance surprise, I'm still here. <laughs> I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. I'd love to blame it on Saturn. I'm I sorry that things are just wilding right now, though. That is some shit. <laughs> they really are. They really are. But there was something nice about this birthday, which I didn't do very much for, because I turned 31. So last year was the milestone birthday, 30 years old, blah, 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 blah. Well, it didn't feel that milestone-y because a lot of my friends are in their 30s anyway, but it was nice. It did more things than usual. But this was 31. It was a return to the usual, like, not doing much for my birthday. I'm just in my 30s now. I'm not 30. I am in my mm. 30s. <laughs> So I get to just coast here for a while, which I'm fine with. Truly, I'm fine with. <laughs> like, like that vibe you just described, like coast here for a while. I feel that. And like yeah. me some 10 years ago would not be okay with me saying that. But low key, I feel that. I'm so sorry. But this is it. This is it. Like, this is it. Yeah. I mean, same with me 10 years ago. But me 10 years ago was neurotic as fuck. I mean, me right now is still neurotic as fuck. But like. <laughs> Levels. On, it's a whole different, it's an order of magnitude lower neurotic than it right. was 10 years ago. So yeah. like, we, we move, we dance it out, we coast through our 30s. I guess. Tell me why. Tell me why. I'm gonna let you finish. My <laughs> sister called me like a week and a half ago. Actually, not even a week and a half ago. This might be not even a full week. Jeez. She called me and this girl said, hey. I was like, what? She said, what are we going to do this year? I was like, what do you mean what are we going to do this year? She goes, your birthday. What are we going to do for your birthday? And she's like, you're turning 30. I was like, ah, so you missed something. You're a whole year behind schedule because that already happened. I, I'm already in my 30s, my dear. Like, 30 already passed. And she was like, oh, and we didn't do anything? I said, yeah, girl. Like, she fully called me and she was like, you're turning 30, right? Let's have a party. And I was like, mm. <laughs> it already happened. This is this is this is our thirties. It's the theme of right now in my life, which is like this is some fucking bullshit. But also things are pretty good. Right. Like somehow both of those are true at once. Like this is like utter shit and also like really fucking good at the same time. I wish I could explain it. It's like it's like maybe a local minima or even the <laughs> local maxima. Like you know what I mean? Like you you like this is such a stupid right. way to enter that thought. But bear with me. It's like you're climbing this mountain that you thought like you had this perception of once you got to a certain point in the mountain, it's gonna be so fucking delicious. And you get there and all the pain in your back from climbing for so long starts to get to you. And you're here and you're just overwhelmed. You're just, you're not underwhelmed because you're happy to be here, but you're just like, this is some shit, man. Like you're, you're just there and you're just like, this isn't bad, but what the fuck is this? Yeah, my husband and John and I just had a whole conversation the other day that was like, both of us our whole lives have been like, and I think it was sort of put on us as like, smart driven people. It was like, we were like, would have self identified as like, oh, career driven people, like ambitious people, like, want to keep moving up, blah, 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 like, keep moving around. Like, we were like, what if we had a job where the work life balance was pretty good, and we didn't like hate it. And we just did that. And we just stayed there. And it was fine. And it wasn't a great career, but we made good money and had decent work-life balance. What if that? My head would explode some 10 years ago, like right? immediately. 10 years ago, me would not understand it, but I was like, you know what? Yeah. So I can get a job where I actually like care about the cause and I care about the job and it's I'm doing something righteous that feeds my soul, blah, 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 and I can get paid no money for it. Or I can go into like 
consulting and be highly valued for my expertise and to be doing a lot of things and have no free time and have no work-life balance and have a lot of money and no time or people in my life to spend it on. Why I don't want either of these things. I was just talking about the fact I just came from holiday. It hopefully won't be the only one I take this year. I was the person, I would not miss a day of work. I'd be there every fucking day. I would lose my 10 days a year of vacation once it rolled over because you can't carry them. And I would lose them and be fine with losing them because I was like, I'm really deep into this career bullshit. I'm really going to prove that this is it. This work will be here when I get back, yo. And if it's not, mm. Mm, like, we'll figure something out. I have consumed, I've probably consumed more contents, but I don't remember what. But I know one content that I have been consuming raptly is The Last of Us. Have mm. you been watching The Last of Us? No, I just heard it's a really emotional show. I haven't seen anything about it, though. Yes, it's very good. So for those who haven't seen it, it's a show on HBO Max. It's based on a video game, actually, but it's sort of a zombie-ish show. It's actually a neat little science thing. It's There's this fungus that actually exists in the real world that, like, it only happens in insects, but it's a parasitical fungus that makes them, like, walk around and do different things. So somebody was like, what if it was in humans? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's a neat little sciencey twist on the typical, like, zombie narrative. But the show itself is really good. Pedro Pascal is having his moment, and I love it for him. He's... You know, escorting... Wait, Pedro Pascal? Sorry, back up, back up. That's not the name of the character, that's the name of the actor. The actor, yes. Didn't he do a Marvel movie as a villain? Um, I don't believe so. The biggest thing he's known for right now is The Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal was the villain in a Marvel movie. Mmm. Sorry, <laughs> that's why you don't know it, because <laughs> it's that raggedy movie. In Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Pascal's <laughs> best movie roles, Maxwell Lord, who was a titular character supervillain who wanted to grant everyone's wishes using the Dreamstone. Maxwell Lord? <laughs> <laughs> all that money and all the time that they spent in this movie and they could not first of all that intro killed me on that episode <laughs> when we're talking about avatar no maxwell lord is a nasty name for a supervillain. <laughs> that's bad you know what i'm so excited for this is apropos of nothing i cannot wait for the barbie movie have you seen the trailer for the barbie movie wait barbie's batshit in this movie yeah yeah oh no the, the barbie movie is gonna be like by all appearances like utterly unhinged like I saw a trailer. Page. That's the trailer? That just wasn't somebody fucking around? No, that's a real ass what? movie. There's a real ass movie where Margot Robbie is playing Barbie. Yes! Ryan Gosling is playing Ken. And the trailer is batshit. And I can't wait. Cannot okay, wait for we're this seeing this. <laughs> Can we please? Like, just, like, you just got me hyped for no reason. This is, this is literally neither here nor there. I meant to talk about The Last of Us. I've ended up at the Barbie movie, which is... <laughs> <laughs> the Last of Us is really good. Really good. Uh, lots of good guest stars, good acting, good writing. This is a slight spoiler, but multiple in like one nine episode season, and only uh, as of this recording, seven of the nine episodes are at are out. Multiple, well-written, tragic gay love stories. Multiple. Not one, not two. Multiple. Two at the moment, but there's two episodes left in the season. One of, one of which like a lot of people, and this is what uh, looped me into it was episode three of the last of us honestly you can watch it on its own it, it really like most of it works as a standalone of it stars nick offerman which i did not know he had the acting talent he plays such a nuanced character it's this like beautiful tragic love story set in this like zombie apocalypse world it's it's it is a like masterpiece of television like i have to watch this show now thank you for putting me on everybody else has said it and i the same people who asked me to watch White Lotus started talking about this show, and I've been burned. <laughs> so I was like, you shut the fuck up. I'm not hearing shit from y'all, raggedy bitches. 
but now that <laughs> you've said it's good I'm, I'm taking my ass over there. I'm going to watch this. I highly recommend. Like, episode three is, like, a just, like, so far and above, like, things I've watched recently. But even the, the, the whole show, really, is really good. There's Pedro Pascal, and then I forget her name, but she played a uh, young actress. She played um, Liana Mormont in Game of Thrones. It's one of those fun shows where it's been sort of, like, they're releasing it one at a time. People are watching it together. Suddenly, I'm in group chats about The Last of Us. Which, like, other people who have, like, done the video games are, like, having actual discussions. I'm just sharing memes about Pedro Pascal being daddy. Like, <laughs> Are we going to play a game today? Are we going to play a game today? We are going to play a game today. We are going to do some trivia. Trivia question number one. We have geography. What is the largest lake in Africa? Remember that one time a similar question came up when your mom was playing trivia with us? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. My mom. We were at an engagement party for our friend who is getting married this year. And it was in the middle of COVID. So it was a virtual trivia. My mom, I don't I don't know what circumstances led to it being a trivia team of me, you and my mother. <laughs> but we had a trivia question that was like, what is the longest river in the world? They send us into our little breakout group. And my mom with her full chest goes, the Euphrates. <laughs> Just so so confident is like it's the euphrates river that is the longest river in the world and both of us are like oh i i mean uh, okay well like i would have guessed like the nile or like the amazon but you're so confident that it's the euphrates maybe it is the euphrates we took a chance we took a shot yes took a chance took a chance took a chance and we were wrong <laughs> Folks, you want to know what the Euphrates is? The Euphrates is the 19th, 19th. longest river in the world. <laughs> I was cackling after we found out. Yeah, it was the Nile, guys. The Nile was obviously the longest river in the world. We just... She was so wrongfident in that answer. Shout out to your mom. That was a good time. That was such a good time. That was a very COVID experience of like yeah. a trivia engagement party with my mom. I didn't... Ex like when the thing came out and like we're playing... I was like, oh, we're playing trivia. But it was so much fun. I was it sitting was there cackling the whole night. It was so much fun. So yeah, as a pandemic thing, eight, 10 out of 10. But also just like as a real life thing, I actually really enjoyed it. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're asking me about the largest lake in uh, the world. In Africa. Well, in Africa. Oh shit, in Africa. The largest lake in Africa. I can't help you with this. And I'm African. <laughs> I was hoping you could. <laughs> I think Lake Chad. I would say Lake Chad, but I have no fucking clue. Is Chad in Africa? Who knows? I can imagine like the uninformed Twitter people being like, like thinking that Chad is a white people name and being like, oh, this is yeah ignorant. Like, why would Chad be, why would Chad be in Africa? Is he on holiday? Isn't there a Lake Victoria? That name is in my brain for some reason. Probably everything in Africa is named after Queen Victoria. I have, I have issues with that, but I don't have enough time today to fight that. I'm going to say Lake Victoria, which I'm not even sure is a lake in we'll Africa, but my brain is volunteering it and I have nothing better to offer. So what is the largest lake in Africa? Ah, the answer is Lake Victoria. Yay! Yes! Lake Victoria is 26,564 square miles in size and rests between Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania. Question number two. Which U.S. capital cities have rhyming names? <laughs> like there's a Seattle and a Weattle? A Weattle. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many states where, like, the capital city is not at all the, the city it should be. It's like a really oh. random city. I don't even know very many state capitals. This is about to be sad. Jersey and Hershey. I'm really working hard here. <laughs> I really don't know what a lot of state capitals are. Yikes. Virginia is Richmond. North Carolina is Raleigh. Those unfortunately do not rhyme. 
What's the capital of Maryland? Do we even know at this point? Like, do we? Is it Annapolis? Baltimore or is it another city? Sir, what's the capital of Maryland? I don't. You live in Maryland, not me. That's my <laughs> I point. <don't> <laughs> I don't know. I said Annapolis so confidently that I'm not even sure. I mean, if you think it's Annapolis, it probably is. If it if it were a city that's not Baltimore, it's probably Annapolis. I really don't know. I can't I be know. very confident in any of this. California, Sacramento, sounds familiar. Not sure. Texas is Austin. Actually, is it Austin? I don't know. Oregon, Portland. Is Washington Seattle? I don't know if it is or not. I don't know what Georgia is. Athens? It's always so random. Like It can't be Atlanta. I, I'm like, it can't be Atlanta. Right? Like, it should be, but it's definitely not. I haven't heard, unless I'm just missing it, I haven't heard any rhymes so far. I don't know, what the, I know. where the rhymes are. That's why are. I'm like thinking real hard. Like Pennsylvania? I don't even know. Hi, Harrisburg? Yeah, it's I, the one that's like randomly in the middle of the state. It's not Philly, yeah. it's not Pittsburgh. It's like stupid in the middle it of the state. It might be Harrisburg, I don't even know. Boston, I think, actually is the capital of Massachusetts. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> this question is taking way too long. Why don't I know this? I don't know. What if I it's like I... Harrisburg and Pittsburgh? Or like one of those, like, they end in the same... I really don't know. Is Harrisburg the capital of... I think we so. We could just say something like Berg or Ville. You know what? Know. I'm with you on that. I don't have a better answer. Do you have a better answer? It's a burger or a field or a veal or something, so. Which U.S. capital cities have rhyming names? The answer is, oh, fuck, we said them. Austin and Boston. You need to get out right now. That, we're calling that a rhyme? <laughs> Austin and Boston. No, but with a different American accent, they won't rhyme. That sounds like right. People from Boston probably say Boston. It doesn't sound like Austin. No, I'm just making sounds. Look, like, depending on the accent of how you say those, those don't rhyme. Which is very, very U.S. Like, that's very on brand for the U.S. Yeah. of, like, what a weird country. Why are we a country? It was a social experiment that some people thought of. America was a business trial, and it's since caught fire, but here we are. Yeah, we're not getting the software updates still. It really, no, no one should be using it anymore, but <laughs> we're not. Here we are. Speaking of unrelated, speaking of sovereign government, Nigeria just had an election, and the person they elected is the person who used to be the governor of the state that I lived in right before I left. <laughs> and by they elected, huge quotes marks because um, the few people that I know who are affiliated with Nigeria, and I know a very diverse group of Nigerians, not a single one wanted this man to win. Mm. So I'm like, so who voted for him? Because I'm like, if just generally the Nigerians I know are any like indica indication of that population, and like he was literally the dead last on that fucking ticket. He, like, like they were like, we will take anybody but this guy. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he wins the election, which is sad for me to say because people there are like boiling hot that their top choice, who was leading by a long shot, didn't win. Yikes. Anyway, let's not let me not get us both killed. That probably won't make it to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> listening into the podcasts <laughs> the big empty purse is a comedy podcast everything said here is a joke it's a joke it's a joke it's <laughs> this is not a political statement this is just stand-up comedy if we happen to say something real it's by accident just <laughs> <laughs> we can just give ourselves gold stars for having yes. known some u.s capital cities <laughs> we knew quite a few actually we got well we haven't yes. verified any of the stuff that we said but assuming they're right we knew a few yes all right trivia question number three what color was Ford's first Model T automobile available in? Blue? I have no idea. I feel like blue. Ford is such an American staple that he would have either made it like a red, white, or a blue. Like, some dumb shit like that. Mm. Wait, wait. Ford was founded after the establishment of the United States, right? Yes. So we already had the flag and stuff picked by then. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because the Model T, I think, what, what was like very early 1900s, I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember right. I don't know. Probably. It was it was hailed as the, the modern division of labor for industrial production. I want to say blue, white, or red. 
I'm leaning heavy to blue, though. Well, here, hey, here's there's, there's two of us. I'm going to go with some other, like, really boring car colors of, like, black and, like, tan. Because, you know, they used to make the Porsche from way back when, and the, the body of the car was just a full-on panel. Like, whatever color the mm. metal came in was just it. I feel like it's, like, black or white. Like, I feel like if you were, like, what's the one color we can do? I feel like it's something really, right. really standard. We'll take any of red, white, blue, black, or tan. <laughs> any boring color we'll take. <laughs> Any boring color. If it's spicy, then we won't take the point. Then, yeah, then we'll eat it. What color was Ford's first Model T automobile available in? The answer is black. Okay, the art, the art student in me, the art hoe in me. <laughs> black is not a color. It's a shade. How fucking dare you? And don't tell me it's just a combination of all colors or the reflection of all types of light. You shut the fuck up. Oh, sorry, the absorption. You shut the fuck up. It's a shade, not a color. <laughs> I came through with the African knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i was hoping like it's a whole ass continent like i know like very ultra specific geography things from like where i grew up like i had tests where i would get a map of north carolina and you had to draw the river like draw and label the rivers on a blank map of north carolina but like africa's a whole ass continent so even if for some reason and i really hope they weren't but even if for some reason nigeria was like that where you had to like learn hyper specific local geography you probably didn't learn like hyper specific like the whole continent like whatever the people from the United Kingdom, mostly England, those raggedy bitches. When they tried to be woke in the 23rd century, I'm like, you have no idea how devastating your meddling in the world was. Imagine the largest lake in Africa being called Lake Victoria. A whole ass continent. Do you know how much history is lost to that? Because whatever that r- lake was called by the indigenous people, of the, that means for them to call that lake a whole new thing. There is a whole history and culture that's just deleted. Yikes. But anyway, we're going to call it Lake Victoria because that's what we all know it as. But shout out yeah. to imperialism. So the topic we'll be discussing today is education. You know what? I have a good segue for this. Speaking of me not knowing the largest lake in Africa, you know what I don't have is the topic of today's episode, education. Many a thing to discuss here, but (laughs) let's bring it back to to us and our own history. Have you ever been to boarding school? I'm so sorry that this is the first (laughs) question. (laughs) I tried to segue into it naturally, but... Oh my god, the segues today are... Yeah, since we're just coming in hot. Yes, I did attend boarding school. Did you? No, no. (laughs) I guess technically you did because you went to college. College is just like adult boarding school, <laughs> right? I don't know. I never went to not college boarding school, so I can't say. <laughs> I mean, they send you off to a place to go live there in close enough proximity to the school, and the school is supposed to be somewhat responsible of you. Hmm. That's that's a boarding school. <laughs> you don't get to go home every day. You get to live under these conditions that are dictated by probably some other institution that's not your parents. That's boarding school. Hmm. How much control like like in like high school middle schoolish boarding or even younger i guess boarding school how much control do they have over like what you do because college like they have they bear some responsibility but like oh i see what you're saying yeah it's also sort of a free-for-all but like there is the element of all like living together but i'm curious like what's what are the differences yeah you're right you're right depends on the school depends on the school but when i went to boarding school starting at the ripe old age of six years old when i went to boarding school it's kind of a it's an all-in-one it's like the school takes charge of your development for these many years and it's not just they're teaching you academic stuff it's literally like dumb shit like how to use a forking knife how to sit how to tuck in your shirt how to knot a tie like all those dumb things that like trying to pretty much raise you to be a responsible member of society that can function in all of these capacities yeah it's not just here 
we have a class that teaches you how to do mitochondria as the powerhouse of the cell for five days a week. Good luck. No, they try to, they, that's what I mean. They try to like make you a rounded person. So like college is slightly different because they don't give a shit about all these other aspects of your life. <laughs> yeah, they don't give a shit. I mean, the places that I went to, like they were supposed to give a shit, but whether or not they did anything to show they gave as much of a shit, who cares? We made it out alive. So wait, did you go to any boarding school? I guess you said besides college, no. Because the answer's no. I did not know. And I thought it was, I didn't even know anyone in my childhood who did. Like, I didn't even know someone who went to a boarding what? school. And I went to, we both will probably touch on it more later, but like we both went to college together at Carnegie Mellon, which is a fancy, fancy place. And people, there were like the board, like the boarding prep schools, like the big ones huh. that a bunch of people had been to the same ones. Oh, that's true. And I'd never even heard of any of them. I knew, that's what, I, okay. I never put it in that context because, wow. Yeah, CMU did have a lot of boarding school kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, where I'm from, where I was going to school, like, if you didn't go to boarding school, like, you were the strange one. Mm. Yeah. Was that in Nigeria or in the U.S.? In Nigeria. Mm. Oh, please, my parents couldn't afford boarding school in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> they really couldn't. Like, because we finished primary school, and then we have, like, secondary school. And our secondary school is six years, not your high school, which is four. So you go there for six years. It's junior, secondary, one, two, three. So one for each year. And then it's senior, secondary, one, two, three. And as soon as you were getting ready to go to GS1, they yeeted you someplace that had a school and a hostel, which is the boarding house. We had trimesters, not semesters. They would see you three times a year, one time every trimester. And then you'd come home on the holidays. That's it. Hmm. Fascinating. And it's really, I mean, the people who stick it out for all six years, you're with these same people for every part of your life. You guys have dinners mm. together. You guys all go to very similar classes. Between a span of six years, maybe the people you wouldn't have met the first year, like you would have five other years to cross schedules with them. So by the time you're leaving in SS3, you know so many people. Hmm. So I think boarding school, I'm not trying to romanticize it, but like it was also really painful. Like it was very, you know, not just regular growing pains, but growing pains without any of your nuclear family support. Hmm. Like you're just out here with strangers and you have to figure out what to do to survive in this place. Yeah, you're learning a whole new place. And if you're lucky, some of the friends yeah. that they had back home will end up in the same school as you. So you have like a, a head start, if that makes sense. But yeah, no, boarding school was a, I did attend and it was a wild time, but I learned so much. I think half of who I am is because of that boarding school. Hmm. Like if you had kids, would you send them to boarding school? Oh, yes. Eating it like the very first chance I get. I think there's so huh. much to learn. Um, yeah, like what could possibly take me three years to teach you in human interaction you can learn that shit in literally two weeks <laughs> yeah you're like yeah. off the bat you are exposed with to like 100 200 strangers and you're not just seeing them for eight hours a day during the daytime you see what they're like at dinner you see what they're like when they wake up first thing in the morning you see what they're like when they're put in different conditions and situations like you're with them imagine if i have to take you to fucking choir practice and then take you to uh, soccer practice just so you can get as many interactions to make up for that volume i will run myself yeah. ragged just send this bitch to boarding school <laughs> yeah i i truly believe boarding school is very helpful information but um people think people think of it as cruelty yeah because you know you don't have your parents support and stuff like that and i don't know which is more important like maybe having maybe there could be some proxy where having parents who really know what they're supposed to teach you you know and how you learn best because the school is not doing any of that work you realize that right the school only gets the credit. The school is literally the catalyst because they've all locked you up in the same place for six years. Oh, yeah. No, it's the, like, peer education of y'all, yes. of everyone just being thrown in together and being like, swim! <laughs> Similar thing happens in college, but at the point you get to yeah. college, you're already, like, you're not as exposed. You're never going to be as vulnerable. Like, oh, yeah, we had communal showers. So you haven't attended boarding school, but have you attended 
public school? Longtime listeners will will know. Yes, yes, I did attend public school for all of my schooling. In a because the U.S. does things the way they do, public school is funded by the income of people around the school, and I grew up in a very poor, <laughs> in a poor city and a poor part of that city, and my school did not have much funding, and I did not get a good education. <laughs> just like the things, the public school things, it's just I don't know if other countries do it the same, but like the U.S. system is a mess because. My husband went to public school as well, but he went oh, he to public did? school. He did. He did. Okay, first of all, tell him I'm shocked to hear that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm right? shocked to hear that. But he went to public school in Glastonbury, Connecticut. So, like, one of the richest towns in one of the richest states in the U.S. So, like, they were just, like, building wings on the school because they had so much money they didn't know what to do with it. They would just, like, give out computers because they were like, we don't know what to do with this money. Like, just hire extra teachers because, like, why not? We have this money. Meanwhile... My public school upbringing was uh, one of the years I started in high school. There were no science teachers employed at the high school. There yeah. was not a single science teacher employed at this high school. Not one. And they hired, but like three weeks into the school year, they hired one person like right out of college with a major in geology to teach like all the science. <laughs> Good enough. We like didn't have lab supplies, really. I no Like I noticed the science stuff a lot looking back because... One, because I've seen what schools with funding can do with science, and two, because we both went into science. But, like, one time one of our teachers got ambitious and was like, we're going to do a science lab, even though we didn't have any facilities for that or any equipment for that. Wow. They had us use, like, the experiment called for a beaker, so it needed something to hold liquid in. And this teacher gave us a Frisbee. What? They gave each group a Frisbee to, like, mix these little chemicals in. Get out. No! <laughs> Like, it sounds so stupid. It sounds like I'm making this up. But this is the kind of bullshit. I mean, the thing is, I, I understand, like, the teacher probably spent her own money on those freebies. Because I was like, just go get mason jars. Something. Well, no, I think it was that this teacher didn't want to spend any money. Which, good. Teachers spend too much Should, of their own right. money. But they were like, let me go through a closet. Is there anything I can use here? There are frisbees. So that's what we're going to use. But man, yes. Definitely went to public school. Yeah. My, was, my school was so public. So public. First of all. I think it's the biggest school district in the U.S. Hmm. It's Paramount High School. I'm chewing. Sorry. Let me stop this. <laughs> Paramount High School in Los Angeles. A total of something like 10,000 students. Hmm. That's not an exaggeration. I was overwhelmed the first day I stepped in there. Like coming from boarding school. I mean, going to boarding school for the first time is also very overwhelming. I'm not even going to cap. But I stepped into that school like I would get lost on campus. This is not a college campus. I would get lost trying to find my classes. And a class wow. could legit be 10 minutes away by a full-on sprint. So wow. in between periods, if your class is scheduled on the other side of campus, you best to get to step in. And if you are late, oh. somebody who dangles their keys in the hallways is going to be like, why aren't you in class? Whatever. Yeah, that was like, it's a big school, a very big school. And there was a point in the history of that school before I got there. The number of students that they had kept growing in that school district that they didn't have places to put classrooms. So, you know, those like prefabricated makeshift trailers that don't have like wheels on like. So they just had some of those mm -hmm. be just in places on campus and they put extra classrooms there. And that apparently had been there for like some 10, 15 years by the time I got there because they just didn't have enough money to build to accommodate the number of students that they had. Yep. It was, God, it was a wild time. But yeah, it was a very public school. Like I, I got the full public school experience in the US. Like n not the public school you see in high school musical or no, no, no. I got the real one. 
the real one. Oh, and then yeah. I went to, I moved halfway through, like not halfway, like almost towards the end of high school to another state where the school district there was a little more bougie. I hated the second one more. The kids who are wealthy but still go to public school. <laughs> I don't know if like this is making sense. They are the worst people you'll meet on the planet. They have both the complex of not having gone to private school, yet the self-loathing. Like, they don't like themselves. They do too much. <laughs> and they just, it just seemed like everybody was just trying to one-up each other. Yeah. Like, I couldn't wait to leave that school. It was, <laughs> I. It just strikes me as the kind of place where people who have settled as Republicans and go to suburbs send their kids. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And you know those kinds of kids, like, they're growing up Republican, so they have some very, very twisted moral sensibilities. No, that school wasn't it. I'm glad I'm out of there. Yeah. Shout out to anybody who still goes there, though. Why do schools favor memorization instead of actual learning? Because it's easier to measure. Uh-huh. I think that's the main reason. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think that's exactly right. A lot of school and education in general, like, they want to be able to measure and prove that you are learning things, and actual learning and, like, development of one's brain is hard to measure. But, like memorizing the answers to something and getting them right is easy to measure like standardized tests are easy to measure never mind the fact that people who do actual research on this are like "Mm, standardized tests are actually terrible at predicting how successful someone is going to be because they don't measure intelligence or learning or or anything relevant they measure test taking skill like i know when i was in graduate school at umass there was a big movement to get rid of the um the gre which was amazing because people were doing research like tracking graduate students like getting their GRE scores and then tracking how successful they were in graduate school and the GRE is very good at predicting whether you grew up with money the GRE Mm. is good at predicting whether you went to a fancy college the GRE is good at predicting whether or not you are white what the GRE is not good at predicting is whether you will be successful in graduate school in fact like in some fields it was literally a negative correlation where oh, wow. people with higher GRE scores tended to do worse in graduate. Like it was so ridiculous, like so off base, just so utterly off base. But it's like because people want something that's easy to compare, it can boil everything. All of your like, are you ready for graduate school down to a single number that you can compare between people? Like, I'm going to sound like such a hippie when I say this, because why is the purpose of learning for us to measure how much is learned? Mm-hmm. It seems very stupid to me. Like, here is all the information we could possibly give you about this thing. Retain as much of it as you find useful. And if you don't, if you aren't able to recall any of this, these are the places you can always look to find them. Good luck in your pursuit of knowledge. Or maybe they're just like, oh, by the way, we have identified that X, Y, and Z are skills that we need as a civilization to get you started in your first 23 years. Here's all that knowledge. But I don't even think education is that. Yeah. It's just... Here, we're about to teach you stuff for the sake of making sure that if you ever choose a path that remotely needs this information, you have it. And then you know what? We're going to test you to make sure you actually retain some of it. But how we're going to test it is really not going to be an indication as to how you can find that information useful. It's really wild. Like I used to, in graduate school, like what I did in undergrad and what I taught in graduate school, I did a lot of organic chemistry, which is like one of those subjects in college that gets really demonized as like, horrible subject that everyone's going to fail and everyone hates and is so hard. Um, The way that organic chemistry is taught is like one of the absolute worst examples of this to me. Because organic chemistry is taught, like, all organic chemistry, organic chemistry, honestly, is like, picks out like a very few elements in the periodic table and are like, these are the most common ones. What's the stuff that happens when we mix up different combinations of these? And it's like this little tiny subset 
And it's really, once you, like, sort of learn the characteristics of that very small subset of elements, it's pretty intuitive. But the way it's taught is all these, like, ext- like hyper-specific reactions named after old white men, and you need uh. to memorize that reaction. It's not like, oh, if you see a nitrogen that's in this kind of environment, what do you think it might do? Which is how I learned it and eventually taught it, which I felt like was way more effective. It was like, what's the, you know... What's the stilly coupling? like? Who the fuck knows what that is? Who knows? I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's the name of the white person that did it first. Like, But, like, can I help you understand, like, what these different elements behave like? And, like, how they, like... I talked about it all the time as, like, building intuition. Right. Because that's, like, what I feel like what good learning should do is, like, even if the specific thing you're learning you never encounter again, it gives you some kind of skill to, like, figure out whatever situation you're in or whatever type of problem you do encounter. I wasn't good at it. I dropped it the first time I took it because I, I was like this close to getting a D. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> so I yeeted it off my thing. And then I ended up taking it again in like junior year. And I think, oh, he taught it. The second time I took it, Lenny V taught it. That's like a oh. podcast. Vocolo taught it. And he's batshit crazy. I live for him, by the way. Yes. He's vibes, 10 over 10 vibes. Like he's crazy, but 10 over 10 vibes. So he taught it. And I remember taking it the second time like, this is not as terrible as the first time. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I have to try so hard to just know stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think Lenny V probably did a better job teaching it than I think Gloria Silva. Yeah. When the exams came, they just, it, they felt like trick questions. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they give you these synthesis reactions. And my mind is just like, because they, they expect you to use like the easy to p- remember ones. Like, you can you can put a six carbon ring that has a reactive end and that's what you use to get this arm of the thing you know how like you have to section off the mm-hmm. molecule to see how you can build it and my mind wouldn't section it off the same way it'll section it off in some weird diabolical way that requires yes. me to go so many more steps to get there but i wouldn't have broken any of the rules i would have done everything like everything would have checked out but then they'd be like well you don't get full credit because you could have just used this starting material i was like well i <laughs> Like, why do I get penalized for that? It still got there, didn't it? How do you feel about... Oh, this is a quick question. How do you feel about predatory learner loans? Mm. Mm. Some real fucking bullshit. (laughs) And that's that on that. Anything that I deem to be necessary knowledge has to be free. Yeah. There has to be a place dedicated to teaching it, and it has to be free. I'm sorry. Like, what are we doing over here? If it's necessary knowledge, you have to dedicate a place to teach it, and it has to be free. That doesn't mean there can't be other places people can go and pay for that same experience or knowledge or whatever. But governments, at the bare minimum, should pay for that shit. And because governments either don't or can't cover the full cost of this, then institutions have to levy a huge fee for you to get this stuff. And people don't have the money to just pay to get this stuff. So they have to take loans to learn this stuff. Keeping in mind that they may or may not end up using this knowledge to earn a living. But just for them to even get the knowledge in the first place, this is what has to happen. Yeah, predatory loans for learners. Nah. I'm saying that as somebody who took and paid pays the loans, like, mm-mm, zero out of ten. And I'm glad there's been finally some crackdown on these, like, for-profit colleges that are just... There are? Nothing but predatory. In the last couple of years, there's been finally, like, a few, like, settlements. Oh, like Trump University? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm being shady God. about that. All right. I, as you should, because it's, what the fuck? <laughs> We have, we have another episode in the backlog on uh, student loans if anyone wants to hear all of our thoughts on oh, student loans. Oh, yes, please go listen to that one. Like, I have... Mm, student loans, man, ain't shit, but let's move on. How do you feel about the uh, 
prevailing trend of education as a way to acquire career skills rather than to expand one's consciousness. I don't like this either. I don't know which I like less. This or student loans. But yeah, I already said my piece on this. Like if you just scroll back to 30 seconds in this podcast, you'll hear me say, yeah, I know, zero out of 10. Because education to me is just you satisfying your curiosity about how the world works or anything that you are interested in. Like I don't believe education has to be traditional or formal. You don't have to go to a place to pick it up. But I'm just saying there should be a place dedicated to teach it if it's necessary, right? You should just be able to go through life learning whatever it is that interests you or whatever it is that will be necessary for you to get through that part of your life. You just go learn it. Mm -hmm. And that should be it. But we've made education this formal thing that is actually for profit now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And then they funnel it to be like, hey, you're born. Uh, What's going to be your contribution to society? Go through (laughs) this step program and hopefully you'll pick something up that's useful yeah and like most of it like man no zero out of ten unlike it we need to you know the funny thing is this way of education is a western thing Mm. and the whole world has adopted it Mm. like i think it's doing a disservice to the civilization at large the way the western Mm. quote-unquote yeah it's not good Mm -mm. no I don't know how else to say that. Yeah. I, it depresses me sometimes to just think about how education throughout the world has adopted this model. As a- it's just been hijacked by capitalism because capitalism is like only interested in you being educated in anything that is profitable. Like they're not right. interested in people being well-rounded. They're interested Mm-mm. in people being able to like generate profit and like be attached to their own ability to like contribute to contribute to society. You're not contributing to society. You're not helping a fellow man. You're helping a rich person get richer. Like, Mm -hmm. don't think about your career choice as a, I'm going to make this thing. So, no, because let me explain something to you. Unless you scam the system, like people like Elon and Jeff Bezos have done, like all you will do for the rest of your career is make a wealthy person wealthier. Even if you end up being the person who cures cancer, again, umbrella statement, I know that you can't just, anyway, if you're the person who cures cancer, actually, you know what? Let me put it this way. Whoever it is who cures cancer, which by the way, I don't believe any such thing with the current technology that we have, but... Whoever develops a cure for cancer will not have contributed to helping humanity. They would have just contributed to making the company they work for richer. That's what it is. Swear to God. And I'm not saying don't do it because, you know, somebody's going to profit. But uh-huh. like, we're going to school to help capitalism, which is just to make rich people richer. That's, and you're going to debt to do it. Like, the whole thing is very icky. Right, right. As if the rich people aren't rich enough. By the way, they are the ones loaning you the money, especially those private loans. The rich people that you will eventually go to work for are loaning your money to learn the skills that's going to benefit them. Like, the whole thing just... Mm. Can we move on from this topic before I fucking <laughs> have an aneurysm? Yes. Jesus. The next one's not going to be much better. <laughs> the next one isn't much better. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how you feel about that, but I've just been on a soapbox. I've been so upset about this one. Oh, no, I feel the same. I feel the same. I, like, my soapbox moment conclusion is going to school should be... Or actually, education in any sense, formal or otherwise should just be an exercise in you expanding your consciousness. Anyway, let's talk about elitism in education, shall we? Let's just come out swinging. Yep. Let me explain something to you. I'm guilty of being an, uh, an elitist in terms of education, only because I've seen how it's done several places in my life that I'm just like, here's what I know works. Education, it becomes more manageable when there are resources to do it. So I believe the institutions that have the most resources have an advantage. And that's my soapbox moment about being an elitist. If you don't yeah. have the resources, teaching anything is just very difficult. Yeah. So if I have the, if I have children and I have the resources to, unless something changes in public schools, changing their approach to teaching, I would prefer that my kids went to private school. 
and an expensive one at that too. It's very sad for me to say that, but I think that statement fairly qualifies me as an elitist. No, I mean, it's one of those things where like both both things are true, which is like some of it is literally just the name will open doors for you. Like people who are already in power, like know the name of the school you went to and they're more likely to like, like some of it has nothing to do with actual merit, but some of it is like, Money buys you resources, money buys you smaller class sizes, money buys you more educated teachers, money buys, like, it buys you a lot. I don't know, like, both of us went to a fancy school, fancy private college, which when I was in high school, and, like, my understanding was, like, that was going to be a huge advantage. I was, like, very ambitious. I was, like, I'm going somewhere. If I want to go somewhere in life, I need to go to fancy college. And, like, in in some of the possible paths I could have taken, that would have been very important. I do think I got a good education. I think I like was like abused to all hell in ways that I didn't need to be to learn those same things. Right, right. Yeah, I think in, in the like elite schools, I think there's a big culture of like having to suffer for it and earn it. And anyway, that's that could be a whole thing too. There were definitely times when I felt like I got a better education and like did well because of that. There were other times where it was very clear that people just like recognized the name of the school and assumed a lot of things about me based on nothing about me, just based on they know the name of the school. And then there's also things like, I mean, this is coming at it from a career perspective, which we just talked about the problems with that. But like an interesting thing I've picked up as an adult is like career wise in certain fields, like that elitism with school names, like academia, a school Mm -hmm. name is everything. You can't get Ah, anywhere in academia if you didn't go to a fancy school. But at, like, big companies, the fact that so many people, like, that state schools are so big and so many people go to them and certain companies are well-established in a certain state and will recruit from that state school, there's this huge pipeline. Right. And, like, if you're talking about career-wise and, like, wanting to make connections with alumni, like, state schools actually offer a lot that, like, our smaller fancy college did not. (laughs) When I tell you the backbreaking work I have to do. <laughs> First of all, like whenever, whenever people recognize what Carnegie Mellon is and that I went there, sometimes you get that, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Almost as if you went there. <laughs> but like, that's like middle of the ground. But then, then there's also like, wow, that's really cool. Like you must be really intelligent. And I'm like, so you stop right there. I didn't feel <laughs> that. But never has it resulted in, oh, you went to Carnegie Mellon. You are competent enough here is the benefit, like here is a higher paying job or here is an improvement to your life. It, yeah. It, like, I, it, does, it didn't give me any extra, maybe it did and I don't see it and maybe I'm being ungrateful, but... No, I feel the same. Yeah, it's not like I got to a new job or something and people just assumed, hey, you went to Carnegie Mellon, we're going to give you the, doubt, the benefit of the doubt that you know what you're doing. Yeah, it's never, it's never done anything to benefit my life. It's just stressed me the fuck out. Yeah. So maybe this illusion, maybe this illusion thing doesn't really work. Maybe I should just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably... Probably if I could go, I mean, I didn't, when I was applying for colleges, like North Carolina actually had a very good policy about like state school tuition and has really good state schools. Like, but I was like so desperate to get out of there and so obsessed with the like private fancy college names that like I never for a second considered going to a state school in North Carolina. Same. I feel like at a private school, I probably got like a 10 to 20% better education for 200% more cost and like a net decrease in the amount of like network that i had and like right and the elitism really only like we we can have a whole episode on like higher education and academia which is like surprise surprise it's all like a big circle jerk of like oh at this fancy college we also care about the other fancy college like 
But once you get outside of that, nobody cares. Like, is, I I don't know what I thought. Did I really think? Now I'm gonna roast myself. Ten years ago, you raggedy bitch. Did you really think you were gonna slap on a fancy college degree and think that your life would have just been a fucking cakewalk thereafter? I really thought my life was about to be easier, Christy. Like a fucking dumbass. I did too. I did too. Oh my god, I did. Now I'm in debt. Now I like my back is aching, my bra's too tight, and then I have to go out here and hustle. I put Western education on here. I'm about to get upset all over again. Okay, Western education, the classroom and the grade model. Look, it's garbage. <laughs> and like, standardized tests, for one second, I'm going to complain about this even some more. Like, literally, they create standardized tests to assess the performance of teachers. Most people who are hearing this are hearing this for the first time. Mm-hmm. The standardized test that you take in high school, in college, and all that bullshit, is not meant to test your ability to learn. It's there to test if your teacher gave you the information necessary for them to qualify and keep their job as a teacher. But you know who these tests don't benefit? The students. Yup. Those tests fucking send me every time, yo. It's just, yikes. Learning in the Western world does not give a shit about your interests. I, most of us did not study. Well, we studied something proxy to what we we're interested in, maybe. But I don't want to say any of us studied something we were truly interested in. Yeah, no creativity, no originality. It's just a do what we tell you, make it out to the other side of this, and good luck. Things like religion, sex, race, like important things that are very in your face in terms of the cultures that you have to interact with in a place like America where there's so much diversity as a whole, quote unquote, so much diversity. They don't teach you any of the things that you need to know to be culturally sensitive or to be able to experience these cultures without any kind of clashing. Like It's wild that a place like America does not make this important. I did have one science teacher for part of high school not until the very end, named Miss Roberts, who was like the first science teacher I had had at that high school that actually seemed to care or find it interesting or like try and like find ways to help us learn it. Um, I feel like that's the only teacher I ever got a good sense of the subject for, which was like, which was interesting because even before I was in her class, I had sort of decided like, oh, well, I'm a smart kid, I should do science. But like, that was the first time I felt like I understood like why science was interesting ah. and fascinating. And then in college, Professor Armitage, did you ever take a class with him? I don't think so. He was my organic chemistry teacher and he really like totally reshaped how I thought about that subject and how I thought about teaching in general, like the way you learn things. And also mm. just took a lot of time to be like, especially at the university level, he's like, this is cool stuff. Like this is, we get to learn so many cool things and would like just take the time to like break away from like the very standard curriculum to be like, we're going to spend a whole lecture today talking about like the chemistry of the poison that killed Alexander the Great. Like it would be something so random, but it really made wow. an impression. And like, that's really cool. I don't think I ever took, see, now I kind of wish I had taken classes with him. No, but there there are some professors who I didn't like fall in love with their teaching like that, but I just, I was like, they are vibe. Like Kunal Ghosh, <laughs> that man was batshit. You could hear him cackling down any hallway he was on. He was always with the shits. Like he never seemed to be in a bad mood. His jokes were so stupid, but he couldn't help it. He was adorable. Yeah. Shout out to cool teachers. For for those of you teachers who are out here doing God's work, please care, care the way you've always cared. And we're sending you strength. We need you because we're out here trying to learn i guess so that concludes our episode on education thank you so much for joining us you can find us on twitter instagram and tiktok at big empty purse tweet us message us let us know what topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future next week we've got a doozy we'll be talking about existential dread <laughs> whoop, whoop. until then good luck <laughs>